Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Mesa Christian Church. There you go. Anyway, but he fixed up my hair and I thought he did a great job of it and it looks quite sharp, I thought. And Julia was thrilled when I got home. But here's the deal, okay? To be passionate, that's what we were at, you've got to start to be attractive. You've got to start to be attractive. And your physical looks aren't a lot to do with it, really. It's got a heck of a lot to do with your spirit, okay? When Saul was struggling with depression, he said, can someone please find someone who can help me out of this depression? And one of his, his close confidants said, I have seen a young man. He's a son of Jesse. He is good looking. He plays the, skill, he, he plays the harp skillfully and he can fight like nobody I've seen. And Saul said, let's get that guy. And David arrived and he was able to see Saul totally set free of demonic strongholds in his life. He was able, and, and, and why did David get called? Because someone recognized him as being attractive in every way. Wow. He had a good spirit about him. I believe that if we want to be passionate people, we've got to be attractive. We've got to, you've got to sort of, you've got to be a winning person. You've got to know how to win people. You've got to know how to, you've got to know how to, 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 to adjust yourself to fit into the atmosphere. You've got to know how to approach people. You've got to know how to love people in such a way. You've got to know how to, this is one thing you've got to know, is how to not judge people and condemn people. It's incredibly easy for us to judge and condemn people. Sometimes we pull people down because I think we feel so bad about ourselves that we just want to bring everybody to our level. And obviously, if you've been to most of our secular state schools, that have tried to teach you that you came from a monkey or an ape, you are going to feel fairly bad about yourself. If you think great-grandpa was an ape, I'm going to hate myself forever. If I know I was created in the image of God, I'm probably going to like myself. There's just a huge dimension right there. How the world can get that one so screwed up, I'll never know. You've got to be a nutcase to even try to go there. We are created in the image of God. David knew that. He understood it, and therefore he was attractive, and therefore people chose him to stand in the gap for him. Saul said... I have spiritual issues in my life. I need someone to stand in the gap. God is always looking for someone to stand in the gap. Are we attractive enough to stand in the gap? Or will we pull people down? Will we judge people? And will we criticize people? Because I believe it's better if we can have in our spirit a confession that builds people up and lifts them up in Jesus' name. You see, we're very good. I just brought a word over Ashley tonight. But we are very good at describing. We are so good at describing. Let's be be declarers and not describers. I would still be on my paralyzed bed if I was good at describing. The doctors were good at describing. They came in and told me what was wrong with my spinal cord. They showed me pictures of my spinal cord and they told me that that's the reason I'll never walk again. Good at describing what we can see. But we need some people who can declare what we can see in the spirit realm and what God tells us that can happen in our world. And if we become good at describing, declaring, sorry, and not 
describing, we will lift people of the shackles of sin and death and hell and we'll release them into the possibilities of God. And I believe let's raise some more people up that are empowered so that we don't live unattractive lives, but we live a life that can be attractive to somebody. And you've got to guard your spirit. You've got to lift yourself up. You've got to get into the anointing. You've got to, you, you don't just turn up attractive. You don't just turn up. You know, I had to go get a haircut. I had to do some stuff to fix up what I messed up. You've got to, a lot of us have got to fix up our messed up lives by getting on the altar and letting God do a transformation on the inside of our spirit. It doesn't just happen. You've got to get in the presence. of People want to live a Christian life. So they say to me, well, yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I go to church, you know, once a month. You know, I'm a practicing Christian, whatever that is. Uh, I'm a practicing believer. I'm a whatever that is. You try to work that out. And uh, I don't want to practice. I want to live this full on. I want, to, I want to be full on in it. I don't want to practice something. I don't want to have that in my life. I want to live full on. I want to give myself fully to it. I want to be fully devoted to what I'm going for. That's, that'll make you passionate. It's nothing worse than someone who's not passionate. You don't want a wife who's um, and not passionate. You don't want to have that in your life. You want to marry a girl who's passionate about you. You want someone who wants to devote themselves to you. Same with the husband or whatever it is, let's be devoted to one another even in that level, but let's at least be devoted to God in a passionate way. And then we will have an effect. I was in a cafe quite a while ago now, two years ago, okay? Two years ago, I walked into a cafe. I, I live passionate. I, this is not something that happens when I turn up in church to preach in Harvey Bay. This is how I live my life. Mark will tell you, I'm pretty much like this the whole time. I'm just, this is me. I turn up at the gym, people get saved. I turn up somewhere else, they get saved. I turn up in that, I was telling you about it this morning, I think in a business meeting, and now half the companies become born again. Half the, I haven't even tried. I just turned up and said, I think it'd be a good thing. I didn't know what to do, to be honest with you. So I said, maybe we should pray. And I do that most of the time because I don't know what to do. Some people don't know what to do and they're like, mm, mm, they start doing weird stuff and becoming religious and start getting goofy about it, just be real. When people are, all they want is reality. All most people want is reality. They want some real Christianity that's reflected in such a real way. Jesus takes Zacchaeus. Zach, Zach, we're having dinner together tonight, man. I just see you in that tree up there. We're having dinner together. Goes back to Zacchaeus' place. And according to my Bible, not one word is recorded of what Jesus said. He didn't like say you're going to go to hell if you don't get your life right. It just says he sat down and had dinner with him. Next thing, Zacchaeus is saying, man, whatever I need to do to get born again. I want to be a Christian. I'm, I, I go to this cafe, just passionate, just like I am now. In fact, the cafe, um, yeah, just start to be attractive. That's what we're talking about. If you get attractive, the cafe starts naming drinks after you. Okay, so they have a Donny special, which is just the drink I like when I'm trying to get fat. And it's called a Donny special. And when the church go there, they all want the Donny special. It's become famous. And it's just all it is. It's not like I want to be famous. It's just like I arrived there. And because they like not, it's not about me. It's about my spirit. And so... In the cafe, you know, I go there in the cafe and we have interesting discussions because I love to always make fun of 
the attitudes of people against the gospel. I find it humorous how people look at it. So I try to make it a fun adventure. I try to relax people in what they are. Anyway, and they named a drink after me. We're not talking about that. We're talking about this. I go to walk out of the cafe, and there's a girl sitting. She's, I saw her come in, actually, and she sat down. She looked incredibly flustered and, and, and like all sorts of ten, intention on her life. And the Holy Spirit said to me, go tell her I love her. And so to be obedient in that, incidentally, you can't be an idiot in that. You've got to treat that with the ultimate respect. Because you can be seen as a goon if you just go up and talk to a girl, actually. So you've got to be careful how you do it. So I go up there and, and very gently, excuse me, ma'am, um, just having a coffee down here today. Uh, the Holy Spirit, God told me to come and tell you that he loves you to bits. And she burst into tears and she said, how can he love me if I'm going to die today? Which she's only like 24 or something. 23, 24. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she said, I've got a curse on my life and I'm going to die today. I've already had an accident and that's why I'm here. And so she had an accident in the car and so she dropped into the cafe, which is a divine appointment right there. Because God knew that there was someone who had an attractive enough spirit that he was going to hear the voice of God and be obedient to it and get into this girl's face. So I said, look, it's a weird thing, but I pastor a church just not more than 200 yards up the road. Why don't you come up there with me right now and we'll get that curse broken off your life. So she follows me back to church, and we get to church there, and we have a revival meeting in the church. And so she gets saved, delivered. She confesses where her life's been at, which is a pretty horrific life that she's been living. And she then I told her, God's going to break. I saw, the funny thing, when I was praying for her, I saw like an octopus off the back of her neck, and I said, you're hooked into so many different things. You're hooked into curses of death and murder and anger and all this stuff. And she, she couldn't understand why until I asked her what she did for a living, and then she told me that she was a call girl. And there it was. We broke that curse off her life. She got born again that day. No counselling. No treatment to get her out of that. Jesus set her free in one second. One second. One second set free. Totally delivered, on the floor, levitated for a little while, broke that curse off her, totally set free. Got up, wrote down names of people that she'd been connected with. I said, you know what we're going to do with this? We're going to break every curse off your life with those connections and soul ties. And I got out our shredder, and I said, as we drop the shredder through this, this paper through the shredder, you'll feel every spiritual tie loose you and let you go. And she came totally free in two seconds. That's the power of the blood of Jesus that I serve. Totally free. So then she comes into church. This is two years ago. I'm telling you a story of two years ago because it's relevant for the now. Because just recently she married one of the hottest, most successful businessmen in our church. Jesus has a great plan for people if you and I will be attractive enough to introduce them to the God we serve. 
God has an amazing plan. That's why I love introducing people to Christ, because I know the plan that God's got for people in life. And you and I have to live an attractive kind of a life that we can bring people into that. And remember to celebrate it. Remember to celebrate it. Here's another story for you on that, okay? Um, I've been a Christian now for 34 years. 34 years I've been a Christian. One month after I got born again, I'm walking down the road. I went to a meeting, and I didn't like the meeting. The only reason I didn't like it was because my wife invited me and told me I should be there, and I found I was the only guy there. And I felt like an idiot. And I didn't like it. I didn't like being the only guy there. And then they wanted something moved, and who's going to move it but the guy? So I had to move the thing. And anyway, so I walked. when I went, left the meeting, I was walking up the road thinking, God, that was a mistake. What the heck? It made me feel like an idiot being there. And because I was so sensitive to hearing the voice of God, which I've maintained in my life, as I'm walking up the road, God says to me, hang on, turn around and speak to the person that's in that car. And I hadn't even noticed, but I looked across the road, and sure enough, there's a, a blue Morris 1100, if you could call that a car. <laughs> and, uh, and sorry if anyone's got one. And so I thought, that's ridiculous. And I'd already passed the car, and it's on the other side of the road, so it was inconvenient, so I kept walking. I thought, no way, that's nuts, man. I've already done one wrong thing today, went to a woman's meeting, <laughs> going to keep walking. And I got about 100 yards up the road, and the Holy Spirit said, this to me, you don't always obey me, do you? That's one of the best voices you'll ever hear in your life. Because a lot of people have to be told by others, and I'd far sooner be taught by the Holy Spirit. And so he taught me that day to listen to the still, small voice. I would say to people here right now, however long you've been born again, the, the, the shorter the time, get used to obeying the voice of God. If people have to tell you how to correct your life, you're already gone. That's what I'd kind of say. If, if I've got to rely on Pastor Ross to ring me up and say, sure you're behaving right, Don, sure you're doing the right stuff, I'm gone. Gone, man, because my conviction level is too low. My Bible says that he will renew our spirit, transform our lives to the degree we will have a new mind and a renewed spirit. And so Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be able to test and approve that which God would do in your life. I want to be able to know the voice of God in such a way. So I obeyed God that day and I go back and then I said, this is what I said, because I'm pretty practical. I talk to God like I talk to you guys or anybody. And so I'm I'm going back. I'm saying, well, that's cool. Okay, I'll go and talk to them. Don't know who's in the car. But as I'm going, I said, so what am I going to say to the person? I'm walking toward them, thinking what I'm going to say. And it's like, you know how God never sort of tells you what you need to hear at the right time? He, like he tells you to go back, but he doesn't tell you what to say. <laughs> I don't even get, that's like turning up without having booking a hotel. And so, so I'm going and I'm thinking, well, he must be going to tell me just when I get to the door. And I, got, I noticed someone slumped over the steering wheel. And so... I thought, yeah, okay, here we go. wonder what this is about. And I go up and there's nothing happening, nothing happening, not hearing a voice. So I went up, so I just tapped on the window. And this person looks up, a woman in about her 30s, she looks up. And you can see she's crying a, light, crying a heart out. And so as I tap, she winds down the window. And uh, it, you didn't have to be a rocket scientist to see that there was an issue going on, right? There's a problem. And I, ma'am... 
Oh, sorry, I first of all said hello. If God doesn't give you a word, hello's a good one. Okay? So I said hello, and then you could see she's bawling her eyes out and makeup's all over her face. And I said, I was walking up the road there, and I've just become a Christian a month ago, and God told me to come and tell you that he's here to help you. She's crying her eyes out. She says, listen, I've just come from court. My husband's divorced me, gone off with one of my friends. I don't know what to do. I've got two kids, and I do not know what to do with my life. And so I pulled over the side of the road here, and I just don't know where to turn next, and I don't know what to do. And so I said, well, I'm your man. <laughs> because I can introduce you to the best guy in the world for your situation. And right there I told her that I've just met this Jesus guy and he is so cool, I reckon he can answer all your problems right now. I didn't even know how that would work. But right there she had a miracle and got saved on the side of the road. I invited her back to her house because I said, you need to meet my wife because, man, I reckon she could disciple you to be an awesome woman. Invited her home. She gets, gets discipled, becomes part of the church. She starts going for God. Then she brings her kids around. We baptise all of her kids in our swimming pool. Our neighbours are like, we've only been born again a month and we're baptising people in our pool and we weren't doing anything quietly and all the neighbours are like, jeepers, these people, what's happened to them? And they're watching us baptise people and uh, burying the old man, the new man coming. Then her parents hear about it, so she brings her parents around and her dad really struggles with what we're doing, but her mum gets baptised and gives her life to Christ. And I tell you that story because a revival happened in that family. Now, I only tell you that story because recently my father-in-law, who hated me, died. My father-in-law has disliked me all of his life, so I was apparently not attractive to him. Okay? That's because on the first night that I dated his daughter... You imagine, you know, your parents know what it's like. Young guy shows up. He's going to take your daughter out tonight. Anybody experience that? Nobody's experienced that. You will experience it. I, but I turned up. After I'd sent roses and I tried to do it well, I sent roses, I turned up with the 12th rose, I did it like that, you know. Then I rock up to do Unfortunately, that day, the day I turned up, was when my court appearance came out in the new local rag <laughs> of run, breaking an entry and all the things and running a cop car off the road and all that sort of stuff. And uh, so you can imagine showing up, excuse me, sir, I'd love to date your daughter tonight. And he's like, I've seen you somewhere before. So he was, he was not keen on the idea that I would date his daughter. In fact, the next time I arrived there, he came out with a shotgun <laughs> and said, if I ever see you on this property again, I'll take you out, which was the best thing for me to hear in my life because that's what made me keep coming back because <laughs> I'm a tiger for punishment. So I kept coming back. Anyway, he's ne he never liked me. He never liked me. I'm sure there's something in this for somebody. <laughs> he never liked me. And so at 92 years of age, recently, he's been a smoker all his life, and he got lung cancer, and he was told that he had three months, I think might have been six months to live. 
Anyway, I decided that I was going to win this guy to Christ. We moved him out of his house and we moved him into a retirement village because he could no longer keep his house. So we moved him into a retirement village and he just happened to be neighbours with some people. I'd clean forgotten them. This is like, this, we're talking 34 years. He moves into this place and he's living next door to these people and uh, then one day he tells us he's made great friends next door. And he says, mate, they're the most amazing people. And he said, this guy is such a, a, a good friend and he's looking after me. And man, I'd love you to meet him. We go meet this dude and guess who he is? He's the father of the woman that I met on the road 34 years ago. And he is now living beside my father-in-law. And he is ultimately going to be the man that leads him to Jesus Christ. Because God is interested in our obedience. If you want to be passionate, you've got to live obedience is my second point. I led that girl to Christ all those years ago, not knowing that it would reflect in my life. See, the seeds you will plant this week, a lot of us are so not clever that we would not consider the seed we'll sow this week will reap a harvest in 20 years' time. But I want to tell you, let's not live short, because passion has a long-term view. Passion is excited about the next year. I want to encourage you tonight that God wants to empower people to plant seeds in this next week, in fact, seeds in this next four hours that will produce a harvest in your life in the years to come. I really believe there's an anointing here for that. I felt tonight when I was sitting there, God said, I want you to empower people to take the gospel into their neighborhood. I want to empower you. See, I led a girl to Christ not having a clue that in 20 years' time, my father-in-law would fall in love with me. And three months before he died, him and I became the best friends in the world. That's a power of God. That's a power. Some of that was... Because and I won my wife's heart over too because when you nurse your dying father-in-law take him to the toilet and stuff like that your wife will fall in love with you her, her, his daughter will fall in love with you all over again because you serve her dad and so I had the opportunity to serve a man who had despised me for many years and then we became like the best of friends. In the last three months of his life, I spent literally hours with him and led him right through the whole thing in his walk with God. And it became one of the most powerful moments in our lives. I want to tell you today, don't despise the day of small beginnings. What God's doing in your life right now. Cleland back there, where are you, man? Right there. Don't despise what God started in your life right now. What God started in your life may seem like nothing at the moment. It may seem that you're clutching at straws. That's even what my life seemed like in the days when I began. But all I did was obey the still small voice of God. And when I obeyed that, God began to take me into incredible destiny and purpose for my life. God's got a huge plan for everybody's life. God's got a huge plan for it. It's will we be obedient enough to walk in that? Will we be obedient? Because it's simple obedience. It's all Jesus asked for us is obedience. Will we listen? I can give you story after story 
of people I've led to Christ in those circumstances. Miracles that have happened. Just being obedient. Just listening. I think last time I was here, I might have told you about my auntie who was dying of myeloma. Did I tell you that? Who is today totally healed. Simply, simply through obedience. Not through, not that I've got the anointing to heal people, that I serve a God who is wanting to shine through me and bring miracles into people's lives. I see miracles every week. I celebrate them. I give all the glory to God. I know that just with me alone it couldn't happen, but because He's Lord, He empowers people to do it. It's called the power of God. He doesn't want us to be, He wants us to be amazing. He wants us to be passionately amazing with the next step that comes in our lives. Oh, man, I could give you story after story of the goodness of God and that, just being obedient and loving people who don't love you. Loving people who don't love you. The gym, I told you about the guy in the gym, my coach at the gym, who I led him and his fiance to the Lord just two weeks ago because they saw something on my life that shone in their lives. And I want to have a light that shines out of my life that doesn't judge, doesn't condemn, but just loves people into the kingdom. Because God so loved me when I was a mess, man. I tell you, I was a mess just happening. And God said, nah, I can turn that around. I can declare over that life. I'm not going to describe you, Don. I'm not going to describe the mess you are. I'm going to declare that you can be an evangelist to the nations. That you can see the mighty things that I. You can see the dead raised. You can see people healed. You can see victory come. And God even helped me out. And some of us underestimate that. That's why I said this morning, write a letter of thanks to somebody. Because there's people that have spoken one word into your life, which is why you're here today. And we count it as nothing. But I want you to look back and celebrate and make a memorial of the great thing God did back there so that we can outlive it in our lives tomorrow. And I think that would help a lot of us live a far more powerful life. Because Christianity is not just about you. It's about everybody. Never let it be so selfish that it's just about me. In fact, the more you serve passion, that's my other point today, passion will serve a generation. See, David said, I want to serve my generation. Passion serves. I'm not here today. I'm not here to preach a man. In fact, God forbid that I would come here as some sort of a, 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 a fly-in kind of guru that would come and bring a word. I'm here to serve the leaders of your church and to serve you. I want to catch the voice of God and the Spirit of God in that. I want to see a generation raised up. I want to leave here with a deposit that will change the city of Harvey Bay. In Jesus' name. I want to see people turn into incredibly effective. I want to see people get healed so you'll testify. Not about, hey, this guy Don came and I got healed. No, there's a God in heaven that changed my life. And sir, he can change your life too. That's what should happen. We should testify to our, the milk bar owner, the school teacher, whoever it is. God changed my life and he can change yours too. That's what it's all about. And that's really why I'm here. I want to pray that that impartation, that you would be empowered to change the world today. It's called Let's Live Passionate. Hello, Let's Live Passionate. I want to pray for you right now. Why don't you bow your heads, close your eyes. In Jesus' name. God, I want to thank you right now for the Holy Ghost power of your love. I thank you, God, that you've come to change generations. And, Lord, you don't stop. You keep going. 
And God, I pray that we would understand the incredible power of your love, that if we would influence one person tomorrow, it can change a generation in 10 years' time. God, I pray that we would be effective enough that we would obey your voice and hear your love tonight in Jesus' name. Friend, while your head's about and your eyes are closed, maybe you're here tonight and you've never received Jesus as Saviour. Maybe you're like my father-in-law and you found it difficult to conceive or understand God's love. Maybe you're like the woman on the side of the road who was desperate in her search for hope until someone came and introduced a loving God who didn't judge or condemn them, but wanted to be there for them. Maybe tonight you're here like that. Maybe you're here tonight like my, my gym coach who was desperate with a troubled mind from spiritual forces that were wrecking his life, addictions and habits that were tearing his life apart until he had lunch with me one day and decided, I want the God that you've got to change my life. Maybe you're one of those three tonight and you're here in this meeting. I'm going to ask you right now to respond by lifting your hand and saying, God, here's the keys to my heart. I want to invite you to come into my life. If that's you right now, can I invite you just to lift your hand? God bless you, man. Thank you. God bless you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Right down the back there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In the middle, you can put your hand down. Thank you. Over the, thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. That's so awesome. Is there anybody else tonight that would say, God, here's the keys to my heart. I want you to unlock and come and live in God bless you, sir. That's so awesome. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. That's so awesome. Thank you for those hands. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray, let incredible miracles happen in this place as a result of this tonight. Maybe you're invited along by somebody tonight who cared enough to say, I want to invite you to hear this guy. Maybe I haven't said what you would have liked me to have said. Maybe tonight you didn't understand anything I said, but you may have experienced the love of God as they were worshipping him tonight. And I pray right now, friend, that whoever you are, if you've been invited here tonight, that this is a divine appointment with your life. And I'm going to ask you, just lift your hand real quick. I won't embarrass you, but I'll include you in a prayer tonight. And I believe that God will change your world. God bless you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. That's so awesome. So awesome. Is there anybody else tonight? Just before I do close, I don't want to miss you out. I, I really feel that this is a strategic moment. And I'm going to ask if there's anybody else tonight, God cares about you so, so, so deeply. He loves you so much. This is what it's all about. God loves you. That's what it's all about. If there's anybody else tonight, really quick, just lift your hand right now. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Why don't we all stand to our feet right now? Father, I want to thank you for those that have responded by lifting their hands tonight. I apologize for going so long, but you can blame Mark because he never started my time. And I still have recorded that 41 minutes. Here's what I would love to do tonight. Because I care about your future. Because I believe that when I made contact with the woman on the side of the road, that when we literally touched hands and there was something that was imparted 
that her life was totally shifted into a dimension that would affect a generation and even go back in time and affect my very father-in-law so that he would know Christ before he went into eternity. I believe tonight that that is so significant that I would just love to shake hands with you tonight. You lifted your hand or you know you should have tonight. Can I please invite you to leave your seat and make the boldest step in your life and say, God, I'm going to step. I'm going to make a move tonight. I'm going to separate myself from the crowd. I'm going to separate myself. Why don't you come tonight? Come on, give people a hand clap as they come. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. 